Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. We've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we got, we cannot go away. We got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we need business. As this podcast goes to press, so to speak, it's breaking news that the judge in the Chauvin trial has said that Maxine Waters' hatred and stirring up mobs for more violence were not only abhorrent, but the judge said she may have given the cop Chauvin an argument for appeal. I don't think you understand how big this is. If a Republican had done what Maxine Waters did with her big, fat, disgusting pig mouth, that Republican would have been thrown out in his keister right away. But as you well know, in Animal Farm, some animals are more equal than others. So after the prosecutors and defense attorneys presented their closing arguments in the trial, the defense actually moved for a mistrial because of the comments by Maxine Waters. And by the way, the judge Peter Cahill acknowledged that big mouth Maxine may have actually given the defense an argument to use for this appeal. He even scolded this big mouth radical for making disrespectful and abhorrent comments on the case. My friends, listen very carefully. Maybe, just maybe, there'll be a benefit to this horrible case. And that will be that Maxine Waters will finally be thrown out of Congress and go where she belongs. Working for Jesse High Jackson is where she belongs at best. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare because a man's life is hanging in the balance right now after another man's life was taken from him. 
But let's get back to the issue at hand, which is the worldwide liberal revolution right here on the Savage Nation podcast. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Today we're going to talk about are we already in a civil war? My last podcast was the coming civil war, and many of the people agreed with me who are cognizant of what's going on in our society. Some scoffed, and of course, most people are ignorant as to what is actually going on as usual. But you don't have to be a genius to see that with the death of one black man, the George Floyd issue, that was the Fort Sumter of the left. To them, they declared war in America. They were waiting for the powder keg. To them, that was the powder keg. And if you say, well, what are you talking about? All you got to do is open up the news any day of the week, like Portland, Oregon. They're still rioting. They're burning. Oregon is in a state of siege in Portland, that is. How is this possible? How is it possible? All you've got to do is look at the news and you will see that we are already in a state of some state of civil war from the left. Now, hold on now. Most of you will say, hold it now. What about the 54 mass shootings in the last month? What can I say about that? You want gun control so the government has total power over you? I do not. Everyone knows the history of Nazi Germany, and I will bring it up again, much to your discomfort. Those of you who think you're too sensitive for the discussion. The one of the first things Hitler did was seize the guns of the Germans because he knew the German people would have otherwise objected to his genocide. Most Germans opposed it. No. So why the 54 mass shootings since Biden took office? What's going on? And what about the lockdowns building up resentment? What about the mad people in the public health departments who have seized absolute power without any vote whatsoever? What about the surge of illegal aliens coming over the border by the hundreds of thousands? And by the way, they're all dressed well, new sneakers, new shirts, new hairdos. Who's paying for it? Catholic charities, Protestant charities, Jewish charities. But behind it all are the high tech gangsters. And here's the bewildering part for me. I'm a guy who thinks he can figure most things out. I use logic and reason. Why would Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook move to stop even Biden, who said, I want to cap the number of immigrants to 15,000 a year because it's getting out of control? Why would Zuckerberg say no? We want you to go to the maximum number that we want. Why would Zuckerberg do that? Why does Twitter want that? Why does Microsoft want an endless flow of illegal aliens, most of whom are illegal aliens in their own country, meaning they have no skills whatsoever? That is why the country wants them gone. Most of them are illiterate in their native Spanish, meaning they cannot read it or write it. They can speak it. Most of them have zero education, which means they're of no value whatsoever to Honduras or the countries they are coming from. Why would Zuckerberg, why would Jack, why would Bill Gates of all, why do they want illegal aliens who are illiterate coming into the country since they can't even work in high tech? Can anyone figure that out? How many toilets can Zuckerberg have to clean? How many toilet bowls? does bill gates have to clean you want me to be gross about it i'll be real gross because this is not a laughing matter so in my last podcast i posed the question the coming civil war and then i said to you well okay where do we go from here today's podcast is are we already in a civil war 
you don't have to be a genius to look at what's going on and the attacks on white people in particular to follow the logic. Today, I got an email, and I'll read you some news stories in case you have been missing them because you're interested in something else. I will read you emails I've gotten today from people who are on the inside about the cultural Marxism. You all know about the head of Black Lives Matter being a gangster criminal who bought multi-million dollar houses with the money that she was supposedly using for equity. Al Capone would be proud of the woman who runs Black Lives Matter. Al Capone could never have gotten away or could have any of the other gangsters that we know in American folklore have gotten away with what she is getting away with. Everyone's terrified of saying one word against the black criminal enterprise that's running Black Lives Matter, by the way. So where do we go with this? Well, I got an email this morning. It's so inherent now in our society. It's so deeply ingrained in our society. I got an email from a friend who works with friends in the intelligence community saying the new Rand Corporation report supports BLM and Antifa as legitimate and blames white males, American white males, for the problems that we are having. This is the Rand Corporation. And white supremacy is mentioned many times. Apparently, Rand Corporation is now deep state radical left. But there were articles before that one that are hitting me closer to home, to be frank with you. And that is the war against our children. I mean our white children. I mean particularly our white boys. I know you don't want to hear this. I know this is like chalk on a blackboard. But if I don't tell you the truth, I'm not going to do podcasts anymore. If I have to start watching every word and parsing every word as I did when I was run by the people who ran Cumulus into the ground and only have vanilla on Cumulus right now, I will not do podcasts anymore. You'll have to get along without me. So an article came out recently, headline, and it's a false headline, New York Post, Dana Kennedy, Dalton headmaster quits while brearly dad writes scathing letter. Nobody even knew what that meant outside of New York. What it means is these are two extremely expensive Manhattan prep schools. And we learned that uh, Friday, a few weeks ago, Dalton School's headmaster, Jim Best, quit. He quit because he couldn't take the controversial race-based curriculum and policies aimed at white males. He worked there for 16 years. His departure came after months of controversy at the Upper East Side Academic Bastion over the school's so-called anti-racism focus. But at the same time, there was a dad at the equally prestigious $54,000 a year Brearley School. By the way, I didn't go to either of them. I went to public high schools, public universities. The father had had enough, and he sent a 1,700-word letter to the institution's 600 families over the private school's obsession with race, he calls it. It was written by Andrew Gutman. God bless his courage. And he explained why he was taking his daughter out of the Upper East Side School after seven years. Now, remember, his daughter had started there in kindergarten, $54,000 a year. And here is what he wrote. Tell me what you think about this. He would know more than most of us would. He said it should be abundantly clear to any thinking parent that Brearley has completely lost its way. The administration and the board of trustees have displayed a cowardly and appalling lack of leadership by appeasing an anti-intellectual illiberal mob. The father went on to state that he objects to, quote, the view that I should be judged by the color of my skin. I cannot tolerate a school that not only judges my daughter by the color of her skin, 
but encourages and instructs her to prejudge others by theirs. The father went on and said, By viewing every element of education, every aspect of history, and every facet of society through the lens of skin color and race, we are desecrating the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and utterly violating the movement for which such civil rights leaders believed, fought, and died, unquote. The father went on and he objected to what he said was the school's belief in systemic racism. Here's what he said, and I agree with every word he writes or I wouldn't be quoting him. Mr. Gutman said systemic racism, apparently supported by Brearley School, that any educational, professional, or societal outcome where blacks are underrepresented is prima facie evidence of the aforementioned systemic racism or of white supremacy and oppression, the dad wrote. The head of the school fired back with her own stupid letter to the school's families, calling the father's letter deeply offensive and harmful. Here's what she said, the quizzling. The Quisling said this afternoon, I and others who work closely with upper school students met with more than 100 of them, many of whom told us they felt frightened and intimidated by the letter and the fact that it was sent directly to our homes, said the moron, Ms. Freed. Ms. Freed went on, or is it Mr. Freed? I wouldn't know the difference. Said our students noted that as this letter, which denies the presence of systemic racism across their doorways, the evidence of ongoing racism, systemic or otherwise, is daily present in our headlines, she said, or he said. But Mr. Gutman didn't back down. He has got guts, Mr. Gutman. He said he stood by his letter and was scornful of Freed's contention that upper school students would be frightened by a letter. Mr. Gutman listed a total of 10 objections in his letter. He railed against mandatory anti-racism training for parents. He decried the school's vacuous, inappropriate, and fanatical use of words such as equity, diversity, and inclusiveness. He went on and said, if Brearley's administration was truly concerned about so-called equity, it would be discussing the cessation of admissions preferences for legacies, siblings, and those families with especially deep pockets. Goodman wrote, if the administration was genuinely serious about diversity, it would not insist on the indoctrination of its students and their families to a single mindset most reminiscent of the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Instead, the school would foster an environment of intellectual openness and freedom of thought, unquote. 100% right. The father criticized the school f for gutting the traditional curriculum and censoring books while continuously telling parents that its first priority was the, quote, safety of the children. The father said, for goodness sake, Brearley is a school, not a hospital. He said he most resented how Brearley has begun to teach what to think instead of how to think. Well, one of the more than 200 people who commented on the article answered, this is a masterpiece and I want to buy this man a drink. The faculty and parents at this private school had not been that vocal until now. In contrast, it was an anonymous group of parents who sent a letter to other school families last January protesting Dalton's race-based policies. They said, Every class this year has had an obsessive focus on race and identity, racist cop reenactments in science, decentering whiteness in art class, learning about white supremacy and sexuality in health class. The parents went on to say, 
wildly inappropriate. Many of these classes feel more akin to a Zoom corporate sensitivity training than to Dalton's intellectually engaging curriculum. Now, the tensions at Dalton began in December when the school issued a so-called anti-racism manifesto written by some of the most radical faculty members. The document called for the hiring of 12 diversity officers, 12, and an overhaul of the entire curriculum in order to better reflect social justice imperatives. Only a few parents backed the initiatives, mainly the parents of the students who were too stupid to get in based on their brains and got in based on other uh, qualities or inequalities. My friends, this private school has an incoming kindergarten class in fall of 2021 that will be 48% students of color. Now, what does that mean? It means that most of the kids are being brought in by scholarship. They cannot get in based upon intellect, based upon tests, because there are no tests to get in anymore. It means that eventually the school will be nothing but a junk city school of the type of garbage that has infested New York City and other bastions of total liberal insanity. So I ask you, has the civil war already begun? Well, certainly the cultural war has been ongoing for a long time. But what does this mean for you? A very wise woman who I know said to me, Michael, it's just like South Africa before they started to throw whites off the farms. Michael, it's just like South Africa before they marginalized. First, they debased white people, then they marginalized white people, then they stole their land. Next will come what? Have you studied revolutions in other countries to know what's coming next? Or you good liberals who are destroying the country? The war on America has begun. I've known this for a long time. Many of my books have delineated these problems. It's nothing new to me, Not, nothing new to many of my listeners. We know there's been a long march. We know there's been a war on our borders, language and culture. We know there's been a purging of the U.S. military. There's no, we know there's been a war on American medicine. Look what they're doing with the COVID lies. We know there's a war on civil rights. Look at the attacks on whites. We know there's a war on science. Look at Dr. F of Slouchy. And now I just talked about the war in our schools. But what about the war that Biden is ginning up against Russia, forcing Russia to bring truth to the border of Ukraine? You heard me right. You got it backwards. And so when I continue, I will talk about the end of the middle class, because that's what's coming next. That is what's coming next unless you do what the father at that school did, which is have the guts to stand up to these jackals on the left. Because the people who have not will take it from the haves. And I've given you one example after another. They're invading the suburbs. They're trying to turn white suburbs into something other than safe places by bringing in high-rise apartments in order to bring in occupants who couldn't afford to live there otherwise. You don't have to be a Republican or a conservative to understand what kind of economic danger we're in right now. And while the Biden White House is inundated with scandals one after the other, the gang on Wall Street that broke the economy in 2008 is at it again. They're speculating beyond comprehension. Look at the value of things like dog coin, Bitcoin, a pizzeria in New Jersey that grossed $37,000 last year became worth over $100 million on the NASDAQ stock exchange, if you can believe it. They're trading on non-fungible derivatives that don't even exist. 
They have created fiduciary instruments that are unreal. This is what preceded the, the crash, by the way, of 08. They've run the stock market up to unsupportable levels. Why? Because federal power brokers have given them the green light. The fat cats on Wall Street don't care that they're profiting off an agenda that has an ultimate goal of socialism and ruin. They could care less. It doesn't bother them in the least that the money that fuels their private jets and pays for their personal chefs and country clubs and private schools for their children comes right out of the pockets of a dying middle class. As long as the greenbacks will flow, the Wall Street gang will keep their mouths shut. As long as they're raking in billions of dollars in trades on information you and I will never see, they're very happy. That includes Congress people. As long as Wall Street regulations do more harm than good to American taxpayers, they are content. Rather than setting policies that put the poor back to work, those who steer our fortunes have built a kind of trapdoor economy through which more and more middle class Americans have dropped into poverty and they're only being supported by federal bailouts. And how are they getting away with it? Many different ways. I'll tell you more about that at another time. Just know this. Our increasingly manipulated economy is destroying the middle class, robbing taxpaying Americans who have jobs and run small businesses of their hard-earned money by using their tax dollars to bail out the biggest and most corrupt cities and banks in the world. At the same time, the administration turns a blind eye to the corruption of the mega banks that now control the economy, to the corruption of cities like New York and San Francisco and Chicago that are totally devoid of any principles whatsoever. Let's look back in history for a minute and take a pause. What does the South's economic policy during the old Civil War, the original Civil War, have to do with the way things are now? I will tell you. But I must warn you first. The results of this administration's current agenda are at least as devastating as those that crippled the Confederate states and quite possibly could signal the end, not just of economic prosperity in this country, but of free market capitalism itself. I'll tell you more about that and the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank, and what it's doing and how they're defying the founding fathers when I return right here on the Savage Nation podcast where we are discussing are we already in a civil war. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So I'm going to continue now with our discussion of is this what a low-grade civil war looks like? Now, my last podcast, which was The Coming Civil War, was extremely well-received because we all know what is going on. The media is hiding it, but they're the ones responsible for it to a great extent. Is this what a low-grade civil war looks like? Case in point. Minneapolis drive-by shooting leaves two National Guard members injured. That's Fox News. Well, who did the drive-by shooting? Right-wingers? White supremacists? You know not. You know they were shot by Black Lives Matter or Antifa, who was no longer afraid of the police. And now they're taking down the National Guard. Is this not what a low-grade civil war looks like? The left has been activated to conduct a revolution. Occasional Cortex, Maxine Waters, Joe Biden, this gang wants a civil war in the country. They want martial law. They want to seize our guns. You say this is extremist. You're wrong. 
I'm a man who studies and knows history. If anyone in the country knows what's going on, it's me. Two Minnesota National Guardsmen have been injured following a drive-by shooting that occurred in Minneapolis during the early morning hours over the weekend. The police officers were, were fired at by a light-colored SUV. Oh, they named a light-colored SUV. That's interesting. At least they're purporting on the color of the SUV. That's a step up for Fox News. As the National Guard provided neighborhood security near Penn Avenue and Broadway. One of the National Guard members was taken to a local hospital to receive treatment for lacerations from shattered glass, while the other was left with superficial injuries. Major General Sean Mankey said, I'm relieved to know none of our guardsmen were seriously injured. How PC can we get? He went on to say, this event highlights the volatility and tension in our communities right now. I ask for peace as he worked through this difficult time. What a bunch of crap. What do you mean you ask for peace, you ass? Why don't you name who did it? You know who did it. You got cameras. We know why the Minnesota National Guard was activated. We know why uh, the police have been deballed. We understand that this is not freedom of speech. This is outright revolution. We know what's going on. And we have no one on our side to protect us. So what else is going on in Minnesota after the Black Lives Matter gang movement and Antifa the gang movement? Do you know what else is going on? In the wake of Duente Wright's death, the Minneapolis City Council voted unanimously for the development of a new traffic safety division. Do you know what it's going to be? No cops. It will be unarmed civilians in charge of traffic safety. Are you listening to this? How is that going to work after a drive-by shooting? What are they going to do? Run after them with pink balloons? This is getting crazier by the minute. And the media is a big part of the problem not a big part of the solution. It's getting even worse. It's getting even much worse. According to Breitbart, corporate media is starting to admit it's partisan, and they're trying to portray people with normative conservative viewpoints as violent. Everything is upside down in Biden's America. You cannot open a website. You cannot look at a story without seeing we're in a low-grade civil war. So where are we going to go from here? It's going to get much, much worse before it gets any better. The high priest of liberalism, Joe Biden, is leading us over the cliff. I want to look now at hate crimes against Asian Americans. It's a very serious problem. And yet you rarely see that the majority of people committing hate crimes against Asian Americans are African Americans. That's well known. CNN stated on a hidden camera that they won't report it because they don't want the narrative to change. So here's a headline. Hate crimes against Asian Americans in L.A. more than doubled last year, LAPD reports, without saying who's doing it. Los Angeles Police Department documented 15 hate crimes against Asian Americans in 2020. 15. That's become an epidemic now. Seven hate crimes reported against Asian Americans in 2019, 14 in 2020. That's now an epidemic but they won't say who's doing it. It's terrible whoever is doing it, but I must tell you that we all know who's doing it. It's not Ku Klux Klan members. It's not white supremacists. It's primarily African Americans. Everybody knows that. Why don't they report it? Because the narrative is white bad, black good. 
I got an email from a producer of this show, The Savage Nation, who happens to be Asian American. And he sent me this. He said, hate crimes against Asian Americans are being reported on the rise all across the country. He says, is it really any worse now or simply being reported more often? He says, he, my producer Doug, has lived with Asian stereotypes his whole life. And it even continues now. His daughter who works retail is constantly being labeled with the innocent you people or your people daily by a number of people who come into the store. Some on the left are blaming Trump for his Wuhan flu comments. But Doug says these actions have been going on for many years. So again, the media is fanning the flames the same way that Maxine Waters called for more violence. Of course, she should be impeached. But as you well know, in Animal Farm, some animals are more equal than others. I want to continue again with our discussion. Is this not what a low-grade civil war looks like? Now, I can talk about the war on our borders, language, and culture, which I've done. I can talk a little bit about the end of the middle class, which I've touched on, and the economics of it. We know there's a war on science being conducted by Anthony Fauci. We know there's a war on schools, as I have already described. But I'd like to dig into a little more here on the Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. With the COVID bailout packages in the multi-trillions, which has created a consumer price index rise that is not being reported by the vermin in the media under Joe Biden, and a runaway inflation, which explains why the stock market is booming, I will tell you right now, with the market manipulation and centralization of wealth, our economy will soon be seen for what it is, built on quicksand. What do you think these bailouts are? They're printing money. How does it end? Well, ask yourself why Dogecoin or Bitcoin are booming. These have no value whatsoever. Where do you think is going to end? Where do you think this is going to end? Look at the financial crash of 2008, which, by the way, was engineered by an elite group of financial professionals in order to help ensure the election of Barack Obama and guarantee the continued complicity of the U.S. government as cadre of economic advisors, by the way. I'll go into detail on that at another time because I know most of us don't want to hear much about that. The question is, are we already in a a low-grade civil war? Well, if you have a president who's busted the borders, has decimated the language, and is stepping on our culture, what would you call it? But I want to make a bigger comparison here, which are the economic similarities that are going on now to the American Civil War. And I want to state something very controversial, which I wrote about in Stop the Coming Civil War in 2014 and was not arrested for writing. Who knows if I'd be arrested for writing it today? Because I believe history will show us that the American Civil War was not primarily about freeing the slaves. Let me repeat that. It was not primarily about freeing the slaves. Even Lincoln said that it wasn't about that. What it was, was about dislodging wealthy southern farmers from their position of economic power. And that power was based on their plantation economy. And that economy would have been impossible to create without slavery. The elimination of slavery became the battle cry of the northern elites who wanted a larger piece of the economic pie. What was their reasoning? If slavery was abolished, the southern economy would implode and northerners would assume economic control in the power vacuum that followed. Well, here's some background. Prior to the Civil War, wealthy southerners dominated the U.S. government. Did you know that? Prior to the Civil War, wealthy southerners dominated the U.S. government. But with the great majority of new factories being built in the North, 
and employing 90% of the country's skilled industrial workers, much of the country's wealth moved to the Northeast. At the same time, the presidency, the Senate, and the Supreme Court continued to be dominated by Southerners. There was no room in Washington for the North's nouveau riche. Now, slavery may have been a rallying cry, and the abolition of slavery was the paramount achievement of the conflict. I hope you heard me. The abolition of slavery was the paramount achievement of the conflict, no matter what the incentive was for starting the Civil War. But economics and political power were at the heart of the Civil War. Today, something similar is happening. In 2009, there were fewer than 1,000 billionaires in the world. Since then, the number has increased well over a few hundred percent. There's a critical difference between the wealth that was created in the years leading up to the American Civil War and the wealth that has been created in the lead up to this century and the coming Civil War. The 19th century wealth was built on a real world foundation of manufacturing and trade. Today's uber wealthy exists overwhelmingly because of the creation of money that amounts to nothing more than global theater. The increase in the number of today's billionaires is, as I've explained, the result of the rise of an economic oligarchy that creates debt by printing money in order to give that money to banks so that banks can buy bonds that the government prints. The whole reason for this corrupt process is to enable the government to keep interest rates near zero, therefore depriving Americans from receiving a return on their savings and making sure that small businesses can't get loans that would enable them to expand. And when it comes to COVID relief, did you notice that most small businesses got nothing? It was the big corporations that were bailed out. That was under Trump, and it's now under Biden. Same thing. While Biden complains that the 1% control too much of the wealth of this nation, his policies and those of the Fed are enabling the 1% to radically increase their wealth. And they're doing this at the expense of the middle class. I can go into the details on this. If you look at the chains that were bailed out with PPP money and ask yourself why your neighborhood restaurants went out of business, you'll understand why. You'll understand all of it if you study it in great detail, as I have done for you on today's podcast. I terribly fear that the collapse of the U.S. economy can follow all of this printing of money. We all know China has been the world's largest buyer of U.S. Treasury bonds and holder of U.S. dollar reserve. You all know that China and several other nations are beginning to settle their foreign oil purchases in their own currencies, a trend which threatens the position of the U.S. dollar as both the world reserve currency and the petrodollar, the standard currency in which sales are settled. We also know that Biden has been provoking Russia. There's a connection to the economics of this as well. Why does he want a limited war against Russia over Ukraine? We have any national interest in Ukraine? None whatsoever. It means nothing to us. So why is he pounding the war drums? Because war would be very good for the economy. And it would take America's minds off the riots and what Biden is doing to this nation. He would create a foreign enemy. But it's a very dangerous game indeed. Because it could get out of control. And so... As I have told my radio audiences for many years, the influences on our president's economic philosophy are quite radical. And tied into it is big religion. Big church is big business. Catholic church primarily reinforcing that connection. Pope Francis, a socialist, I called him Lenin's Pope, came out many times for income redistribution. He ripped trickle-down economics and an unfettered free market. The Pope, the communist Pope, or the Marxist Pope, or the Leninist Pope, said he was sympathetic to the tenets of liberal theology, which combines the teachings of Jesus Christ with those of Karl Marx. 
It should apply to all those except him. He still flies around in the Vatican jet. I want to go into some detail here to show you what the implications of the Pope's politics are, because unless you understand big religion, you can't understand big government. In many ways, they're one and the same. Never forget it's Catholic Charities who is giving all those new clothes and those nice haircuts to the illegal aliens pouring over our borders. Notice how clean and good they look. How come our own bums don't look as good? You see, the association of the Catholic Church with socialism began and flourished in Latin America in the middle of the last century. Not coincidentally, Pope Francis is the first pope from that region. Pope is spouting the Catholic Church's version of liberation theology, the same thing Reverend Wright preached to Obama for 20 years. Pope Francis signaled many times that he is a believer in liberation theology. He strongly has indicated that he would like the church to act as a spearhead for economic change in the world. That is why he supports Black Lives Matter. People who think like the Pope believe that unfettered global capitalism is unjust and leads to social, political, and economic oppression of the poor. And they want to punish the successful, which by their twisted logic will create equal opportunity for those less fortunate. It amounts to nothing less than Christianized Marxism. The Pope has made it very clear that he wants to hold capitalism accountable for the problems of the world. He wants to punish the haves simply for having more than the have-nots. According to his way of thinking, this is a sin. Here are his exact words. You be the judge. Here is what he said. While the earnings of a minority are growing exponentially, so too is the gap separating the majority from the prosperity enjoyed by the happy few. This imbalance is the result of ideologies that defend the absolute autonomy of the marketplace and financial speculation, unquote. Now, the Catholic Church had all but eradicated this leftist ideology nearly a quarter a century ago under Pope John Paul II. But although Pope Francis, who was originally from Argentina, had never practiced liberation theology, he was certainly shaped by it. I can tell you more about that another time, but I don't think you want to know more about that because he's really part of the redistribution of wealth crowd and, of course, reparations. He is one of the leaders in this kind of thinking, which is a new and dangerous trend tied directly to the coming civil war. It represents nothing less than papal-sponsored Marxism. The economic struggle, of course, has mass appeal, and it will soon be co-opted by those who seek to destroy the world if that hasn't happened already. Let me say that again. The economic struggle that was offered mainly by the left and the academics, picked up by the Pope, now picked up by Black Lives Matter, that gang, are out to destroy the world that you live in. Before the advent of liberation theology, though, Catholicism hated communism. Pope Leo XIII wrote an encyclical condemning it. I can read it to you, but I won't bother. He was against socialism. He answered his own questions. Pope Leo was a great pope. He concluded his missive by saying, neither justice nor the common good allows any individual to seize upon that which belongs to another under the futile and shallow pretext of equality. Boy, is that a good quote. All you Catholics pay attention. When we had a great pope, Pope Leo XIII, before this Marxist pope or this Leninist pope, he said, neither justice nor the common good allows any individual to seize upon that which belongs to another under the futile and shallow pretext of equality. You ought to tell that to your Catholic preacher or priest the next time you're in a church when you hear liberation theology. In the face of what the Catholic Church has stood for, in the past century, the current Pope is embracing the very socialist principles Pope Leo XIII decried. This one believes our system of running a business should be discarded, while the right of states to control the economy for the common good is laudable. Lenin could have written the words of Pope Francis. The Pope has joined the Biden administration in declaring war on free markets and capitalism. Oh, he's a very popular man. 
because taking from those who have and give it to those who have not has always been popular. That's communism. I have no reason to believe he isn't a good man. But maybe his naivety in world economics is very, very concerning. Trillions of dollars of taxpayer money on bailouts, mainly for the rich because of COVID. If you look at who got the money, you will see who got it. If you look at the cities and the states that are getting money, your tax money, you'll get very, very sick. You'll see what percent of our economy is being ripped off to pay off people like Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio, and other left-wing failures. Notice the cries to fix climate change have died down because they found a way to milk us without milking us over climate change. How many of you listening to this program, this podcast, can't find a job? It's getting harder and harder, isn't it? What about food prices? How much has that gone up? How about the price of lumber, which has gone up almost 400% since before COVID? The price of lumber, which is not included in the consumer price index, is up 400%. What about the price of pork, poultry, eggs, and milk? What about the cost of gasoline on the Biden? It's up since Trump left office, isn't it? As I've said to you, you'd have to be an idiot to believe that most wars are started by anything other than economic factors. We're facing an economic crisis that not only holds the possibility of driving more and more American citizens into poverty, it may well mean the decline of U.S. economic power globally, and it is most certainly the main wedge with which Biden is driving us apart and possibly into a civil war. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. I want to conclude today's podcast by talking about the bigger picture. The violence, the social upheaval in this country is part of a world liberal revolution. Ronald Reagan said we will preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we will sentence them to take the first step into a thousand years of darkness. Obama took us on that first bold step. If we don't stop Biden and his gang, we will have a thousand years of darkness. This podcast is not just about the coming civil war in America. It's also about the conflict that the Biden administration is pushing in the name of a broader worldwide liberal revolution. They're part of it. You see, the forces of the left are attempting nothing less than a socialist takeover of the world economy and global politics which they have virtually succeeded in grabbing as a result of COVID. They have masked us. They have muted us. They have sh shot us up with vaccines, which I will talk about another day. And they are now controlling the economy. The world liberal revolution is what the tens of millions of conservative law-abiding Americans are fighting against, often without even knowing it. We are the equivalent of the anti-communists who fought Stalin. The real patriots and conservatives in our nation, those who still believe in the family, in personal and religious freedom, in the Constitution of the United States, who are standing up to an increasingly overbearing federal government, we are the new resistance. Everything is at stake. Unless Biden's power grab is arrested, we will all become serfs to the new world order. Look what they're trying to do to the Supreme Court. In the Soviet Union, if a person did not comply with the dictates and politics, of the Communist Party. At first, they were ignored. That meant that any reference to them disappeared from the Soviet newspaper, Pravda. I, Michael Savage, have been in the media. I'm going to make it very personal for a minute. 
for over 26 years. I'm very famous for my best-selling books and my radio show and my podcast, and yet I am ignored even on Fox News. Why? I don't exist. I'm in the liberal gulag, a gulag in which the only things that are permitted to be talked about are actors, singers, sports figures, degenerates, anti-Americans, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and Democrats. These are the only heroes the left-wing American media will talk about. Those who oppose the individual freedoms championed by Western civilization are considered heroes, while those of us who uphold Western values are looked upon as the enemy under Biden. Unless this liberal revolution is stopped and turned back, there will be a civil war in the United States, which is more than likely to be crushed by a leftist government that is already preparing to quell what it anticipates will be massive civil unrest. Notice they have purged the military of anyone who they consider to be an extremist. That is, anyone who wears a cross is now thrown out of the military by and large. Let me remind you of all the crosses in all of our military cemeteries. Ronald Reagan also said, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We will preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. Or we will sentence them to take the first step into a thousand years of darkness. I repeated it. We are only half a year into the abyss that Reagan warned us about. And yet we have already reached the point of no return under Biden. If we continue down this road to ruin for even one more year, we, we may never see the light again. Not since the run-up to the U.S. Civil War have we as a country been more divided. The battle lines have been drawn. The haves against the have-nots. The illegal aliens against hard-working middle-class families. Liberals who hate the Second Amendment versus lawful gun owners, millions of whom are refusing to register their weapons and ammunition. Climate radicals whose policies cause forest fires and exacerbate drought against those who understand that the effect of human activity on the climate is negligible. Anti-Christian communist educators against God-fearing families. Anti-family vermin in the media. When have you last seen a pro-family show? Everything is a twisted, degenerate family. When have you last seen a religious family shown for what they are, the bedrock of America? Never. It's because of the vermin in Hollywood. The war of republicrats against patriots. You heard me. It was Brutus who stabbed Caesar. Judas who gave up Christ to the Romans. It's always the ones closest who do the most damage when they turn. Do you understand what I'm saying? The see-through conservatives who rule the Republican Party are in league with Democrats. It's as simple as that. Why would they allow this to go on? Why do Republican Party leaders cave over and over again to Biden's agenda? The answer is quite simple. They are on his side. Even if this criminal administration falls short of what I think is a goal that it has of seeing Americans fighting Americans in, a, in an all-out civil war on American soil, Biden's disregard for the rule of law marches us at the very least further along toward a mid-21st century dictatorship. We are becoming the Union of Soviet States of America, the USSA. Republicans, Democrats, Republicrats, Democans, all the same. Get it? Power-crazed politicians. No difference in the two parties at the top.
Joe Biden, the Democrat Party and established Republicans are bent on nothing less than total and absolute control of the population. It began as most moves towards communism do in our schools. It took the left a century to commandeer our educational system from grade schools to our universities. From Franklin Delano Roosevelt starting the Entitlement Society to Lyndon Bain Johnson's Great Society and the gradual degradation of the U.S. Supreme Court, the leftist takeover continued relentlessly. It was Obama's election to the presidency in 08, which represented the final nail in the coffin of freedom until Trump came along. But now we have Biden too. Obama wanted to weaken America by dividing us. We're living his future right now. We're living in a surveillance state in which the NSA can track our every move. If the KGB had had the technology that is now being used to monitor every American's daily activities, we'd all be speaking Russian. Biden took an economy that had been gradually improving and destroyed it. Like the oligarchs who took control of the Russian economy after the fall of the Soviet Union, Biden's political cronies have been given billions of our dollars in return for their support of his policies. The cash disappears down the rat hole of the bankrupt movements run by the president's cronies. The real question is, can we stop the coming civil war? Can we win this war? Do you really want to give up your sovereignty to people coming here from Mexico and Honduras and other third world countries? And yet both parties, along with social media, are rushing over the cliff into the abyss of granting amnesty to tens of millions of illegal aliens. And to grant amnesty, by the way, to all those they're bringing in now. We don't know how many will flood this country. How many of them are potential contributors to American society? How many are educated? How many are infected with COVID? You wouldn't know that, would you? This podcast is a warning and a plea. If the people of the United States do not wake up and confront the forces that are moving us toward a world government, we may be entering a thousand years of darkness from which mankind may never emerge. It began with COVID. It may not end with COVID. The reparations call could trigger a civil war. What else could trigger a civil war? Black Lives Matter? Antifa? Shooting police? Shooting National Guard? When will it happen? Reparations? Are you kidding me? How many people have benefited from reparations in this country? My grandfather, for example, was an immigrant who died in his tailor shop at 47 from overwork. You think I'm going to pay reparations? They can go to hell. It's my opinion that the Biden administration is bent on crushing U.S. hegemony and power and rolling our nation into just another card in a deck of cards called the New World Order. I don't think the Biden administration has any qualms about starting a second civil war. And despite what I've said about middle-of-the-road Republicans, who too often side with their Democratic adversaries, I'm telling you that our resistance must be a peaceful resistance. It must be waged through the ballot box, or else this country will descend into chaos and violence. That's what has to happen. Of course, the next election's coming up. Will we take control of Congress? and kick out people like Maxine Waters, kick them where they belong, into the dustbin of history along with occasional cortex? I don't know. We must find a way to unite. All of us conservatives must unite and develop a majority that can attain the presidency again. Americans are crying for a return to patriotism and nationalism. 
we must somehow find a Republican candidate or candidates who are acceptable to the Republican mainstream, even as we gradually weed them out of the Republican Party over time, who will uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. The time is right to do just that. Democrats are actually in a panic as they watch the instruments of control that they put in place turn against them, losing favor in the public's eyes, crumbling under the weight of their own corruption. The president's popularity is fake. His approval ratings are plummeting as millions of Americans watch cities burn and police being shot. They're in a panic, and yet they won't ever report it in the media because the media and the Democrat Party are one and the same. Biden's policies has, have so badly hurt the poor in this country that many of them voted for Donald Trump in the last election. You don't know that. The only thing Biden is working with is the color of people's skin. And that is why he and his minions give one race-baiting speech after another. The Biden presidency is an Ivy League elitist group who care for America's problems only when it serves their agenda. I think the answer is clear. We must unite and throw the bums out of Congress. But you must understand that the challenge we face if we do elect Republicans in Congress is only the beginning. That's the real challenge. Because the Republican Party is a compromise party. It has come to stand for little more than what the Democratic oligarchy stands for. We have no idea what they will do even if we gain control of Congress all over again. Ultimately, if you do not stand for the principles on which this country was founded and on which it has risen to be the most powerful nation on earth, the entire house of cards will collapse. Neither the Republicans nor the Democrats have what's necessary to rebuild our nation. They no longer have the trust of the American people. And I totally fear a war between Americans orchestrated first by Barack Obama and now being fostered by Maxine Waters and that ilk and type in the Biden gang. I want you to remember something. Though I vehemently disagree with Abraham Lincoln's centralized government policies going back again to Lincoln, Lincoln, I have to say, owns a worthy place in the tapestry of our great republic. The American Civil War began only a month after his first inauguration. Unlike Biden's, Lincoln's war was not the result of an intricately planned and implemented agenda. Our 16th president was far more a victim of his circumstances than the person who occupies the Oval Office today. The truth is, Lincoln is a great American. And he wrote great speeches. They were very poignant words. Nothing that Biden has done yet. Here is what Lincoln said. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. God, what I would give to hear a statesman in the presidency. Lincoln spoke these immortal words on November 19, 1863, four and a half months after the Battle of Gettysburg. The devil once said, that his greatest trick was convincing you he didn't exist. Biden's greatest trick is convincing us that he has our best interests at heart. As I see it, he has only a dictator's interest at heart. And he must be stopped.
at the ballot box. Only at the ballot box. Don't give up hope. Make sure that the midterm elections are a mandate against the Biden gang. And though I fear the worst before then, I have the greatest faith in the patriotic resolve in America, in the police, in the military, in the National Guard. We may be outnumbered in the media, but we're not outnumbered by numbers. I hear the roar of your voices every day in my mind. I feel the conviction of your belief in my head. I sense the soundness of your ideals, and I hear the strong beats of your patriotic hearts. Thank you for listening to the Savage Nation podcast. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>